are we still, in, still doing Oh How I Need You? Which we haven't run all the way through either. We have, we have not run that one through, you're right. Um, do you know this song? Do you know this song? Alright, let's see how it goes. Which one? Uh, oh, How I Need You. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. 
crack the sky Break the way right before me In your life I will find all I need All I need is you Light, 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 glorious light I will go where you shine Break the dawn, crack the sky put that in there? Oh, how I need you. <laughs> Can someone tell the general public there will be a five-minute delay in the virgin birth? Yes. 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 Hi, Tracy. It's not in there? Okay, because we're not going to, yeah, we need to switch that in because uh, the worship team's done a terrifying thing and not practiced one of the songs, so. Um, yeah. uh, hi, Grace. Um, yeah, so let's switch that one in. Uh, I'll come back there midway because the first set doesn't impact it. For all of you who've ever run a church, this is the sausage making. And I love, I love your clapping, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, and so we're going to do. 
Hey, honey. Honey, babe, margarita. Good morning, Renew. <laughs> All right. I sense that you're as excited as we are. <laughs> At least Tito thinks so. Um, now, we really are excited this morning. My name is Paul, Polly, if y'all know me. Uh, hi, everyone online. Are they online? Oh, they are online. Hi, everyone online. Um, uh, hello, John Crozier in Canada. Oh, Tosh's birthday, for those of you who know Tosh. Happy birthday, Tosh. Um, yeah, we are really excited, because um, I think as you've probably noticed, uh, Tito, Lorraine, and Henry uh, are sitting in today. And uh, far be it from us not to take advantage of an entire team and not play some jamming songs today. <laughs> so if you're here Wednesday, you probably heard us um, Stress testing the sound system, uh, and uh, uh, wait, was it Wednesday? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so fast. Um, so yeah, we're gonna stand. If 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 it gets loud for you, uh, praise the Lord. Feel free to like. You can hang out. You can close your ears. You can point and judge. It's totally cool. Um, but uh, we are gonna rejoice this morning. Uh, we're gonna just play a lot. Uh, we rarely get a moment to do this together. Um, I think the last time we did this was. Uh, 
Easter a few years ago, where, um, yeah, I think we broke Easter, uh, Pastor David, and then, you know, this is us on our attempt to bring it back together. So um, we're going to do this. Um, stand with me, and we're going to do the call to worship first, and you'll notice we've shifted a few things around so that we have an extended worship set. That can keep going. That's totally cool. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, you will read the text in yellow. Yes, awesome. Um, and this is inspired by Isaiah chapter 65 and Psalm 98 and John chapter 4. And um, if you have children and they feel like dancing this morning, Cammie broke that mold years ago, so feel free to let them roam. It's totally cool. If they get electrocuted on the amps and stuff, that's, you know, We'll figure that out later. Yeah, here. Here's fine. Here's fine. Um, call to worship. Celebrate and sing a new song, all you people of Christ. Amen. Drink your weary cries have been heard. Mm. Illness, 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 <laughs> earthquakes, marginalization, and displacement will be a distant memory. Amen. Hatred, war, and sanctioned brutality in the streets shall cease from the earth. If you believe it, say amen again. Amen. All right. God bless this time of worship. Right? All right. If you have hands and you want to clap them, that's okay.
I gotta take a nap now. Or not, right? team members to the worship team. Tuny tune. Uh-huh. Um, what I love about adding new worship leaders to a, a team is that they bring um, uh, babies named Leo, but they also bring new songs, um, which are a blessing because it widens our hearts in regard to um, different expressions throughout the body. What I mean is this. You pull a worship leader from Southern California, they're probably listening to something a little bit different, right? You pull a worship leader from Iraq, they're probably listening to something different. When you bring them on and you integrate to the team, your heart has to widen. And guess what? The congregation's heart widens too. And we're going to sing a new song uh, called Gloria. Some of you are probably familiar with it. But I'm going to roll through the, just give me a second, let me roll through the, the verse with the, with the body, and then uh, we'll sing it together, okay? It's a little rocker, so here we go. Uh, yeah, so, glorious, shout it out and glorious, make it loud and Jesus, we shout your name. Jesus, we make your praise glorious. Say that again. Forever. 
Praise God. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, <laughs> we can actually hear you from up here, which is so awesome. <laughs> um, a singing church, Pastor Dave. How about that? Um, cool. Uh, let's pray. Let's pray. Then we're going to do some stuff. Father, thank you so much for a morning where we could just be free and play. Uh, God, we worship you in all the different ways and expressions that you've enabled us. Father, even this moment, as we go into fellowship with one another, um, open hearts, open smiles, open language, break down barriers, knit us together as a body, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, all right, so right now we're going to, just a few announcements before we break. You can have a seat. It's cool. Um, we're going to dismiss the Middlers, and then, Allison, I think you have some announcements. Oh, it's after? Oh, I'm sorry, after we gather. Okay, so, yeah, Middlers um, and Kids Church. Yeah, you guys can break. Uh, if the teachers could raise their hand. And let's pray for our children because they are actual humans in the Lord. Um, not just we're just not dismissing them to remove them from our fellowship. And we pray for the safety of that racer. Father, we pray for our children of renew. We pray, O oh God, a covering and um, creative opening in their hearts and souls to hear you, God. Call them unto yourself, Father. We pray for an anointing over the teaching. Um, bless the words that come of our teachers' mouths and bless the ears of the children who hear them. We love them so in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to break for fellowship. There's coffee, pastries, and children raiding the pastries. So go ahead and grab that. Feel free to bring them back in, then we'll do some announcements. Yeah? Awesome.
That's on. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. If I could gather you all back together in here this morning. Good morning, good morning. My name is Allison, and I have just a few announcements for us this morning before we uh, start into our time of worship again here. I hope you had some lovely conversations and maybe caught up with someone you hadn't talked to in a while or met someone new. Hello to everyone online. Glad to have you join us as well. Before I get into the announcements, I did want to take a moment to uh, pray for Turkey and Syria. And I don't know about you guys, but um, during the call to worship this morning, just saying the word earthquake kind of kind of made me lose my breath for a second there. Um, uh, last count I saw, the toll was 33,000. So if we could just go ahead and take a moment right now to be in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we come before you uh, maybe not even sure what to say, Lord. Lord, our hearts are breaking for neighbors that are neighbors on the other side of the world, Lord. Some of us may know people that have ties to Turkey and Syria, and others of us may not. But God, either way, Lord, we, we know that we have brothers and sisters there. We know that you have your beautiful children there, Lord, and... Um, and the devastation is, it's too much to bear sometimes. Lord, we pray that if there are search and rescue efforts still to be had, Lord, that you would just do miraculous, miraculous things, Lord. We pray that you would reveal your glory in mysterious ways, God. We pray that you would comfort those who are mourning, Lord. We pray that you would protect those who are living outside, trying to figure out how they're going to live moment to moment. Lord, sometimes things in this world just seem so heavy and so big, but Lord, we want to take a step toward you. Whether we just fall to our knees in silence, Lord, or cry with you, Lord, We know that you are bigger, and we do not know the details of your plan, Lord, but we know that you are a good, good God. Lord, please continue to um, make us aware of anything we might be able to do, even from this far away, if you would lead us into some, some way that we could help, Lord. Help us to stay willing to that. Lord, give supernatural strength to those who are there on the ground helping, Lord. We love you, God, and our hearts are broken as, as your children suffer. And we pray that in some, in some way you could be glorified in this. Continue to draw people closer to you, God. Continue to draw us closer to you. 
And Lord, as there are struggles and broken hearts here in our neighborhood too, Lord, um, not just in something catastrophic like the earthquake, God, but in day-to-day life, we just pray that you would continue to keep our hearts soft and tender to the needs and cries of the people around us, not to minimize anyone's heartache or suffering, Lord, but to sit with them and hear them and weep with them, Lord, and give them words of comfort when needed or just a, a, quiet, a quiet listening ear. Lord, you have created us in your image, and that means, Lord, that you have made us compassionate beings. Lord, please don't harden our hearts to the needs and suffering of others. It can, it can be really challenging to stay open to walking into suffering with others, Lord, but we pray that you would help us to continue to do so or learn to do so so that we can be in relationship with one another, sharing your love, spreading your light. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. Amen. Whew. Okay. So some announcements um, for today. There's really not a good transition there. (laughs) Um, Some announcements for today. We have our life together continuing on Wednesday evenings. We've had a good time together on those Wednesday evenings, and we do get a sneak peek listening to the worship band (laughs) as they practice, which I know was fun for me last week listening to my son Henry practice the bass through the floor. I was getting distracted during life together. I kept listening, hearing his his bass. Um, but we would love for you guys to join us uh, this Wednesday, and this week, Wednesday will be the topic will be creation care with Mary, and we'll be leading that this week. And um, a reminder that next week is Open Table Sunday, and for those of you who are new to our community, um, as we were coming out of COVID, we kind of all sat down and said, "Can we try something a little different? Can we try to?" Um, create some avenues that we can enter into relationship with one another. And so we are trying out this Open Table Sunday on the third Sunday of every month, which is this upcoming Sunday, where we will have a potluck meal and we will do an alternative worship service. So we hope you can join us for that. Um, 10 o'clock, just like every other week, but we look forward to having you there. For those of you who join us online, we hope you can join us in person. We, we don't stream on the third Sundays, so we will not be able to have you joining us online next Sunday. I think those are all of my announcements. Am I forgetting anything, Pastor Dave? Okay, and the kids have already been dismissed. So um, now we'll do our scripture reading with Lorraine. Good morning. This morning I will be reading from Psalm 119, verses 129 through 136. Sorry about the coffee. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression, that I may obey your precepts. 
Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. This is the word of the Lord. God is good all the time. God is good uh, all the time. <laughs> amen, amen. So this is the last uh, week for, well, I guess the last sermon for our Shining Light series. It's an epiphany ser- uh, series. And then um, guess what starts up? Uh, after third Sunday, then the next week, Lent starts up. Uh, so we start our journey to the cross. Um, so that's uh, that's really cool. Um, but um, we're in Psalm 119, 129 through 136. And as a background, if you were to open your Bible up um, to Psalm, Psalm 119 is the longest psalm ever, right? So... It's 176 verses, um, which means it's 22 psalms or stanzas. Each one is 22. And how many letters are in the Hebrew alphabet? You wonder? 22, exactly. So 22, and then each stanza, each stanza uh, is connected to a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each stanza is eight verses with two lines each. Um, and those uh, verses start with the Hebrew letter that they're attached to. Obviously, we don't get that in the English. It's in the Hebrew. It's what's called an acrostic, which means, you know, each stanza starts with uh, the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Um, and ours uh, today, one, verses 129 through 136, again, that's eight verses, is pay, P-E. And there's... Uh, little symbol next to it. I don't know if I got it right. Um, But as the great contemporary poet and philosopher wrote, like a moth to a flame burned by the fire, my love is blind. Can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes. That's the way love goes. That's Janet Jackson. but anyways, we've all seen, I don't know if growing up, I don't know if they're still around, but growing up, we used to see those uh, electric insect zappers on your back patio. Do you remember those? They have uh, the ones with the blue lights, and they, they're hanging down um, from your porch rafters or whatever, and the insects are drawn to the light. And that's kind of the image that Janice Jackson gives of the moth. My desire, my love is like a moth to the flame. We're drawn by that light. But the flip side of that is after being drawn to the light or the fire, you're consumed, right? You're you're consumed by that fire, by that heat, by that light. And that's the great con of those insect zappers, right? The insect zappers uh, shine a bright blue light, and the insects are attracted to it, right? And they're like, go to the light, flapping their wings, go to the light, to the light, to the light. But then when they hit the light, they're burned up and zapped. You get my drift? 
But here's the thing. Just because it's light and just because it tracks you doesn't mean it's good for you. Just because it's light, just because it attracts you doesn't mean it's good for you. Right? And that's the precise con or grift of the insect light. The insects are attracted, um, but zap, they're fried, right? And what week is this? What Sunday is this? Does anyone, anyone want to tell me? <laughs> no one wants to be, like, punished, slapped on the head for saying the wrong thing. It's, yes, it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And actually, this year, Super Bowl Sunday has snuck up on me. Um, because maybe because uh, there's no uh, NFC West, there's no Seahawks, there's no NFC West uh, team on the NFC side of the Super Bowl. But, you know, someone mentioned or on the radio, I heard, oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm like, what? Are, what? I used to, you know, plan Super Bowl parties or go to Super Bowl parties or this church we used to have Super Bowl gatherings. But there's nothing like that this year. And maybe that's kind of a new reality of COVID, we took a two-year hiatus of gathering together and having big sporting event uh, parties at our houses, but I've forgotten about it. I've forgotten about, oh, on the weekend before the Super Bowl, I need to go to Costco because that's the best time to get a good meal with all the free samples of wings and little Smokies and, and uh, meatballs that they have. Uh, it's perfect, but all of the fanfare, all of the lights and the glow and the attraction of the Super Bowl, they say, and it's in Arizona this year, that it'll be close to a billion dollars of added revenue uh, into the city in Arizona. Like, there is a lot of money. And maybe you've heard um, all of the news and maybe uh, kind of the campaigns. The NFL has a couple campaigns against human trafficking, um, news about all that happens when there are big sporting events, such as the Super Bowl, which is one of the most watched worldwide uh, events. It's huge. And when you have a gathering of huge things, uh, of people and money, um, the sad reality is that there's also exploitation. There is human trafficking um, that occurs in, in, in the US. We are not through with slavery, right? Slavery is not over, and especially of our minors, right? Children are trafficked every day in our country, um, and they're trafficked um, in times like this where prostitution um, is high and uh, there's a lot of money coming in. But also, there's the exploitation of workers, Right? Workers who are undocumented, um, um, working, um, you know, your food vendors, you know, parking lot attendants, ticket takers. Uh, there's a lot of exploitation that goes on with that, even um, um, child labor, uh, even um, like below minimum wage um, stuff. So in the midst of all of the Super Bowl commercials, right? the lights and the glitz and the come, come, come. We all remember, and I'm going to watch the Super Bowl, mind you, so I'm, I'm not trying to get, you know, don't watch the Super Bowl. But just an awareness that all the lights out there that draw people, that attract people, 
that's not always good for us, right? Or good for people, um, other people. Sometimes it means darkness for people. Sometimes it means exploitation. Sometimes it means pain. It means being trafficked. It means being exploited. But in our Shining Light series, if there's one thing I want all of us to glean, the one truth is, as Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the true light. He's the light that when you go to it, go to the light, go to the light, go to the light. He won't burn you up. You won't get zapped, but you'll be blessed with light and life. Amen? Um, if you look at our passage, with Psalm 119 in general uh, is about the word, the word of God, or Torah, or you'll hear different words. In our, in our very psalm, you hear statutes, words, commands, word, precepts, decrees, law. They're all synonyms for God's word, right? So the theme in Psalm 119 in general and for our passage, for our stanza, is the word of God. The focus is the word of God. And how many ways can you say this, right? Seven synonyms for scripture are used here in the eight verses. But when you read Psalm 119, it's not simply, hey, read your Bible more, right? Go to Bible study more. Listen to, you know, podcasts of sermons more. Go to church and listen to Dave preach on the word more. It's not simply about reading your Bible, right? But this, the word of God and interacting is more a real-time, real-life interaction with the living God who opens his throat, right? The unfolding, verse 130, the unfolding of your words gives light, right? And the image here is like of a throat, your throat opening up and just, right? Imagine the light of God just, It's not simply, let's read your Bible more, but it's what happens when God's commands, God's statutes, God's words go into your heart, and the sower, like the parable of the sower, scatters that seed in the soil of your heart, and something takes root, and it explodes, and a plant starts to expand and grow in your heart and just explode out of you. What happens when God and through the Holy Spirit does a transformative work in us through the word, through his word, and it just overwhelms you, and it pours out and pours out? Are you with me, church? Do you see that image? And there are a lot of images and words, and being uh, an English lit major and a poet, uh, I like looking at the words. Uh, and once again, if you look at the words, there's uh, seven synonyms for scripture um, used in eight verses. So you see statutes, words, commands, verse 133, word, verse 134, precepts, verse 135, decrees, verse 136, law. Um, but it's not simply, again, the word is not simply those etched on stone tablets, for instance, like the Ten Commandments, 
or a fading ink on papyrus, or the thin highlighted pages in a leather-bound Bible, but it's the imbo it's embodied word, right? It's etched into the flesh linings of the human heart. And as we read in the Gospel of John, the word of God became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Hands and feet, right? The hands and feet of God and faced came into the world, came into the neighborhood among us, loved the lost, the blind, the poor, and the imprisoned. Embodiment. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. Not just information, not just data, but a real-time, real, intimate relationship with God, the God of the universe. That is Torah. That is the word. That is Jesus, the Messiah, God with us. We also see in this stanza body imagery, right? My mouth in verse 131. My footsteps. Your face. My eyes. So mouth, footsteps, face, eyes. There's this body imagery that's interfacing with the word of God, the, the voice of God, the, the body of God, suggesting, once again, an intimate embodied relationship between command, precepts, law, and the living, breathing word of God with our interacting with our living, breathing, moving, ravenous, desirous bodies. And I say ravenous and desirous because the language the psalmist uses, uh, for instance, I open my mouth and throat agape, right? And the, the kind of, the impact here or the, the, the connotation is my throat and mouth are agape as a ravenous beast devouring its food, right? Uh, longing for your commands. I long for your commands, your word, like it's a piece of meat that I'm opening my jaws ravenous for. That's way more than I like to read the Bible. <laughs> like, much more. Much more, much more alive. Um, I say ravenous and desirous also because we see the image of God's throat again. God's word unfolds as a throat opens up and light emerges, um, giving light, shining light on us, shining light on our path, guiding us. God's word is a light unto our path. Um, and it actually physically directs the footsteps of the psalmist, right? His light guides me, it guides my footsteps. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. This again suggests a real-time living guide along the wild trails and the narrow switchbacks that we find in life. In the Creator, we don't simply have information to glean from, but an ever-present, firm, wise, 
discerning, mentor, life coach, encourager, partner, pusher, director, boss person in our life, like actually pushing us along. And we see also the image of my eyes, uh, rivers of tears flowing from the eyes of the psalmist. Why? Because there's sin, right? Streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed, right? We lament. We lament with what is broken in the world. We mourn because of the sin in the world, the darkness in the world, the things that are broken and not right in the world. As we prayed for Turkey and Syria, those who have perished, those who have lost homes, the destruction on top of uh, years and years of destruction. It's like, when will it end? And we, as people of faith, because we're embodied and because we have this connection with God, it connects us with other people. We're able, or we cannot look upon the brokenness of the world without weeping, without lament. Rivers of tears flow from my eyes. Finally, God's word is the embodiment of God's self, the true light of the world. The light guides us. The light reveals truth. The light blesses us, right? Verse 130, the unfolding of your word gives light. Verse 135, and you may, it may sound familiar to you from the priestly benediction from last week in number six, right? Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your decrees, right? If you were here last week, the light reveals truth. The light blesses us with all the blessings that I talked about, that we learned about last week in the priestly blessing in number six. Make your face shine on your servant. And I used to think, like, you know, reading in scripture, wouldn't you die if you looked at the face of God, right? You can't look on the glory of the light of the face of God and live. That's like the interaction with Moses, right? He only got to see the rear end of God passing by because maybe God's true light, his, his glory was so immense, so powerful, so hot and fiery that we would perish to even gaze upon it. But in this blessing, the psalmist is saying, let your face, right? Shine on me, your servant. That's the blessing, like the full glory and power and light of God is shining on us. And we have access to all of that. And we still live. How powerful is that? So much more. So much better. Right? Than the insect light. The lights in the world. The false lights. Or the lights that would promise us life. Or the lights that draw us. Right? What is trending? What is popular? What is successful? We're all drawn to different lights that promise us life and meaning and significance, 
But the true life, the true blessed life comes from the light that emanates from God. Are you with me, church? Make your face shine on your servant. Make your face shine on your servant. So as we walk along the lit way, that's lit. <laughs> all of the, you know, all those connotations are with that. Uh, <laughs> is it the lighted way? Lit is grammatically correct, right? Uh, lighted way, lit way. <laughs> Um, but also, Gen Y and Gen Zers can also know another definition of lit. That's really cool. It's the cool way. It's the hip way. It's on God fire. Um, I'm embarrassing my son now. Right. It's the lit way. Uh, okay, that's a. I'm going off key. It's hot in here and I'm starting to sweat. What's happening? <laughs> Um, yeah, the lit way that we engage with God and his word in transformative ways. That's what we're talking about, right? The word of God comes and we, we soak it in and we eat it and however it comes in and then it does something. It does something in us. And that's, that's why we're here. That's why next week we gather together, an open table, we interact with the word. Because you also don't do it in isolation, right? When the Holy Spirit moves in a community of faith around the word of God, something different happens that wouldn't happen with yourself alone, isolated in your room looking at your Bible. Amen? Right? Like, like, uh, like Paul said, with music from different, uh, different backgrounds, right? It stretches our heart. When we are in God's word in community, in a mosaic, diverse, different background community, we interact with the word, it stretches our heart in a different way because she'll say something and I'll be like, I never heard it that way. Or... That's really convicting. And so we do that in community as a church. And that's our, like as a pastor, that's my constant desire, constant prayer that the people of God would interact with his word more and more and then step back. Like, Holy Spirit, do something, right? Like, sometimes when I preach, that's God's word, but it's messy, it's awkward, you know, tried to tell a couple jokes and it didn't hit, whatever. But the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit moves and does something. Will you be good soil and allow your body to interact with the word, with God's body and like rub around? <laughs> Let your desires. Sometimes in the Christian faith, in the church, we are about stuffing desire, like desire is bad, right? That means like, oh, cut off desire. Desire leads to temptation. But 
God created desire, right? Desire is one of the most powerful things, right? And focused in on the word and the mission or others' passions, it can be very powerful and glorifying to God, amen? So don't just kill your desire, kill your emotions, kill your heart, but open it up, just give it to the right person. The statues, the words, the commands, the precepts, the decrees and the law of the Lord, amen? He will keep you on the narrow path. He will guide you in the dark night. He will be the life and light in your life. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. And I pray that your word would be, your word is alive, but would continue to move powerfully in our body, that as we gather, as we gather around the word, gather around um, prayer, gather around singing praises to you, um, that our hearts individually and corporately would be transformed. And I lift up those whose hearts are broken. I lift up those who are suffering. I lift up those who are struggling right now um, to experience or, or deeply feel um, your life and your light. If, if we are lost, I pray that you would shine and guide people um, on your path. If we are cold and excluded, I pray that you will draw people to the warmth and light of your family. If we are experiencing loss, I pray that your light, your word would surround our heart, hold us, embrace us, comfort us, encourage us. Will your word go out into the world and accomplish everything that was set out, that you set out for it to do. And we, we wait and we long for your renewal and restoration. Amen. Um, so as a child, I would go back and forth to the Philippines a lot. And um, I'm going to tell you a story. That's what's going on. Um, and when I would go, and I remember, well, I don't remember, but I have, Im I have photos of uh, myself when I'm little Leo's age, and all the way till I'm about probably in third or fourth grade. And the photos are like all the cousins and then maids who are watching us. There are very few with my parents and my aunts and my grandfather and whatever because my mom just happened to have loads of servants in the household she grew up with. And many of them, if you're familiar with Philippine, Filipino culture, um, were what you call a yaya, which they raise you. They actually raise you. And um, 
so it's super weird because uh, for the next song we're going to sing, it's called No Longer Slaves. In Galatians chapter 4, um, the writer, is it Paul? Galatians? Okay. He uses the analogy of how children were raised to compare what you were before you were in Christ to who you are now. Where even though you actually own everything around you as an heir to the parents, you are under the charge of another authority, a temporary one until God revealed, at least until the parents took charge of you as you got older. So in Galatians chapter 4, he uses this analogy to talk about how we were. But he plainly uses the word slave because that's what they were in those times. I'm only bringing this up because in the course of Galatians, which is an amazing book for understanding what exactly happened. Like when I said yes to Jesus, what happened? Read Galatians, also Ephesians. Um, but it's the kind of chapter that makes you go, wow, a lot. And especially for the young people here, read Galatians carefully if you want to understand how to like relate with your parents. Um, and authorities, right? But with regard to the music we're gonna sing together, um, there are things that I want to do that I don't do because of the flesh that's in me. We all know what that's like. The good that I want to do. And I wrestle with it because of the sin that I'm dealing with in my fleshly body. Okay. This is a normal thing for all of us who know Christ. Okay. And the good news is you are no longer slaves to that power. You are free in Christ. So as we sing this, I'd like you to kind of meditate on that as we sing. So let's rise together. You unravel me with a melody, surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Womb. You 
have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through
sing a song that we did last week. Uh, it's kind of a new one too. If you know it, <laughs> please sing along. This is one of those watch this uh, ones because, uh, you know, see how it goes.
a Korean pastor, and as a boy, my family could be found at church all day on Sundays, Wednesday evenings for Bible study, and Friday nights. Some dreaded mornings, I would have to accompany my dad to early morning prayer service at 5 a.m. on weekdays. (laughs) Needless to say, Christianity was an unavoidable part of my experience growing up. My parents were faithful to raise and discipline me and my siblings within a Christian framework and lifestyle, and God used them to plant the first seeds of faith in me. My dad, especially, was a significant spiritual influence in my life. In high school, I loved to sit in church and listen to him preach in Korean. Most of what he said was indecipherable to me, but I was nonetheless drawn into deeper admiration and faith by his cadence, his passion, and his convictions while preaching. His lessons and words of wisdom to me in those years continue, even today, to unfold for me like jewels. In college, or yeah, like jewels. That, that image of God's word unfolding, um, even as they're planted and we don't understand, they continue to unfold in the future to interact with our souls and our hearts. Um, 
may God's word unfold for you as you continue from this place. Amen.